0: In this new flexible
1: world of work, we're all looking for ways to work better, smarter, and faster. With SAP Concur Solutions, you can automate your travel, expenses, and invoices into one connected workflow for an easy way to manage company costs. See every penny of spending even before it's spent and keep the process moving with handy apps so your team can work from anywhere move your business forward with SAP Concur Solutions. Visit Concur.com to learn more.
0: Well, look at you. Uh Uh-oh. Is this revenge? I'm not a vengeful person, Alicia.
1: I know, but what do you mean look at you? I'm just looking at your face. Oh, (laughs) I thought you were about to comment on my glasses or something no I don't I I I wouldn't do that to you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. only in private I don't slam your
0: glasses in private either (laughs) I did slam your closet organization because that was upsetting but we don't need to get into that
1: well in my defense Kate and let's tell everyone what happened you asked when you were at my house yesterday hey can I go try on one of your shirts Mm because I might want to get it. And I said, sure, come on up, put it on. And as you were taking it off, you just kind of started looking around the closet. Mm -hmm. And boy, talk about judgmental. Yeah. Here it came, you go, which side is yours and which side is Kim's? And I was like, this side is mine. And you're like, ugh, you're just like Anna. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know I was going to have a closet guest. If I knew that you were going to come up and start asking me, well, where do you put this? Or how do you organize this? Or I would have gotten my closet together.
0: No, you wouldn't have.
1: It was a wreck. And I understand. <laughs> so I. Well, I liked I'll make a pile, but then I'll fix the pile usually. And I think you caught me in the middle of before the pile went away. Piles
0: annoy me, but it wasn't the pilings. It was more of why do you have a pair of shorts where the sweatpants live?
1: OK, so when I say pile, I don't want people to picture like I'm disgusting. It was like mm-hmm. a couple of like things thrown about. But yes, then you were like, well, what's in that drawer? That's an
0: underst Wow. Way
1: to, un- way to undersell <laughs> what yesterday's
0: experience I was. I was like, well, look,
1: like, in this drawer, I have my sweats. And you go, no, you pull- why are your shorts in there? And I was like, well, I accidentally threw the sweats on my short. And then you're like, and why are your workout tights in there? Whatever they're called. And I was like, and then I closed the door. Like, I'm not, I wasn't expecting this.
0: It, it was anarchy in my brain. Mm-hmm. Did you see what happened last night? Did you hear the news? devastating, devastating news. I don't know. Amy Schneider. I did hear. Lost her reign on Jeopardy.
1: But what a what an accomplishment. Huge accomplishment. I mean, was she supposed to go on forever?
0: As far as I'm concerned, she was. Right. I could have watched her for the rest of my life. She was the perfect way to end my day. I looked forward to it. And my mom broke the news to me. You know that Mary is... A Jeopardy fanatic. Right. She's been watching Jeopardy religiously since I was little. She used to, her and my dad used to watch it. And now she still watches it every night at seven. Don't ever call her at seven because she'll get mad at you for interrupting her. Okay. And when I went to visit her in December, she said, you have to see this woman, Amy Schneider. She's amazing on Jeopardy. She got me into it. Right. And so for the week when I was in Philly, I mean, it's always a thing I do with my mom, but it was like a bigger bonus because... Amy's so rad, and she had been on for a long time. We would watch it together. And when I got home to L.A., Anna was like, "We have to keep watching Jeopardy." So every every night at seven p.m., watch Jeopardy. And I call my mom every night, and I always have to get my mom like I, I need her to break the news to me because she gets the seven East Coast feed. Oh, that's okay. Got it. And last night, and so but every night for the over the last month, I'm like, "How's Amy tonight?" She's like, "She's good. She got it. She got it." Right. And last night. I was talking to her and I go, Now how's Amy tonight? Are we happy? And she's like, and then I, the, the, the tone of voice shifted like there was a death. Ugh. This is devastating. And it was morning. I was in mourning for a, like an hour. I really couldn't believe it. I mean, she
1: killed it.
0: Yeah. Was it, it was like a million three. She's like in the, she's in the hall of fame, but I, I can't remember the Ken Jennings, who's the host is got is like right the epitome. Right? Yeah.
1: Well, maybe Amy will be a host, hopefully. So you don't have to let go. Well, She's
0: going to come back for Jeopardy! Champions, which is great. So that's not
1: the last we've seen of her. Okay. Thank God. Thank God. I love her. I really do. Well, you, Anna and you came over pretty soon after you got back from Philly and we were having dinner and you're like, oh, it's seven. Turn the... And we had to like get... I was like, what's happening? (laughs) And then all of a sudden there we were like four bubbies watching Jeopardy! And I was like, I got into it. In the thirty minutes it was on, and I was like, "I understand." It's amazing. I never turned it back on. I never was like, "Oh, it's seven, hurry!" But, but I did check the news all the time, so I did know about the Amy news. I mean, she she did. There was a sense of relief. I think you could kind of see well, it. Yeah. In her face. How do you hold on to that? It's like ev- that's hard. It's a lot of pressure.
0: The one uh, the thing that we were always commenting on because she was on every night, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks. At some point in the middle of the show, the host will after the commercial break. The host will ask, we'll talk to each contestant and you'll bring up a fun fact, right? Like uh, a little thing just for the audience to get to know you at home. Poor Amy. I mean, my God, she had to think of like, I'm sure she was running out of shit to to uh, to bring up.
1: Oh, yeah. It's like us with pants. What It's like, what do we talk about now? Like, what are we talking about this week? Yeah. So you think we could get Amy on pants?
0: <gasps> I mean, That's just a question. Bucket list item.
1: I think I'd be a little starstruck if Amy joined us. Also, we sound like we drank like Dum Dum shakes in the morning, because I don't have that kind of intellectual streak, as they say. I mean, I don't think I do either. So, and and well, I didn't want to. I did. Me, you didn't want to speak for me. I I said we. I did clump (laughs) you in, but
0: no, you can. I mean, we practically have the exact same education level. Yeah, we. You know, we like our high schools were different, but our college, if you can call it
1: that, experience was identical. (laughs) (laughs) Which was acting school. Yeah, two years. Movement class and things like that. Voice and speech. My speech did not get better. Um, I I think my speech has gotten better as I've gotten older,
0: but I did come into the academy with a Philly accent because our voice and speech teacher, whom we both had, uh, a guy named Jim Demonic, I remember on the first day of class, first year, we were... In his in his classroom, and we had to get up and and uh, I think he handed us I think it was eleven benevolent elephants. It was benevolent something. Benevolent, benevolent elephants. Elephants and he and we each had to read a passage, <laughs> and from that passage, he was able to tell where we were from. Yes. So we like instantly called out all the Canadians, and he's like, "Oh, well, you're you're from Philly."
1: Who can't do that? Yeah,
0: but you don't real. But when you're 18 and you're walking into that school, you think, "Oh, I'm just this." Fresh as a daisy, open book, ready to take on the world. Ready
1: to play play it all.
0: Not realizing that you have like regionalism in your voice because you're so accustomed to it.
1: Limits. Also, I think Jim's, Jim Demonic, what a crazy last name. I, I think my voice was like a living hell for him. I always felt like he didn't like me, but now looking back, I think he just didn't like my voice.
0: If it makes you feel any better, I don't think he liked me much either. He certainly had favorites. That's for sure. At least he did when I was there.
1: And he had this big, barely voice. like Oh, he could speak beautiful. And but like, we're not all sorry, Jim. We're not all like
0: you. I was like, Jim, I'm 18. What do you want from me? We've made a second career out of our voices.
1: (laughs) Career. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is voiced. It's all about our voices, Kate. That's all it is. Holy shit. Eleven benevolent elephants to you, Jim. Benevolent. I said benevolent. You're saying benevolent. You're already saying elephant as you're saying. Eleven benevolent elephants. <laughs> <Stop>. That's <laughs> how you say it. Benevolent. There it is. Eleven benevol- uh, You say that's a tongue twister. Because <laughs> you're saying elephant.
0: You're jumping ahead. I'm, well, I'm. I'm. I'm trying to get the first three words out.
1: Red leather, yellow leather, red. Leather. Good blood, bad blood. <laughs> I mean, we should, we could, when we're not recapping, because we need to get into it right now. Hmm. Let's do the entire thing that we learned at acting Happily. school that sadly our parents paid for. <laughs> that, <laughs> but we can recite the entire thing. I don't know about your family.
0: But I know my folks were jazzed. I learned 11 benevolent elephants because at least I, u- I used it for for good in my future. And here I am doing a podcast.
1: Yeah. No, they loved it. I'd come home and show them all the things I was learning. <laughs> looking back. They must have been like, the hell?
0: <laughs> That's cute. Did you show them your scene work? Like, I got to sign this scene and we have
1: to perform it when I get back from holiday. I would share stuff for sure, but I definitely would show them like the like movement class things, right? Get on the floor and I'm like, and then you go or do whatever. And they were like, and how much does that cost? Did
0: you you show them the interpretive dances we had to learn when we got put into our groups? Of course. Those were awesome.
1: All right, well, let's get into where it all led us. It all led us to the L word, changed our lives. Season two, episode five, Labyrinth. I think you were very excited to get to this episode
0: because you loved this director.
1: Written by Rose Trochet and directed by Burr Steers, who you're right, Kate. I was obsessed with Burr Steers. I thought he was the coolest guy. He
0: did a great movie called Igby Goes Down with yep. Kieran Culkin and Jared Harris. And it's a really good movie back when independence used to get made.
1: Well, that's where they were nabbing all these directors from were yeah. independent films. Yeah. Because
0: the year before we had Mary Heron, then we had Lisa Pryor, and then we had other people come in as well. He was a really sweet guy.
1: So sweet. And in this episode is was the, uh, the big sex scene between Alice and Dana. And I remember just, it was like a week of prep to like, he really involved us in like, well, what do you think they do? Or where, how do you think it would happen? And was, he was just a very collaborative director. It's funny you say that because when I was watching
0: it, I was thinking, I know in television, the general theme is directors are guns for hire. They come in for a week. They shoot an episode. They have to follow the protocol. And and sometimes directors don't give a shit. And on this show in particular, it's, you need a director. The show did well with directors that really involved themselves and asked a lot of questions
1: to fill in blanks and to... Right, they would come up to Vancouver and say, "How how can I service this project? Like, what's also just to like help fill in blanks
0: because, you know, timelines are funny." Let's I'm saying that in a delicate way, but like it's good for this kind of show needed a director to really get their hands in there and and say, "Okay, now why is this happening now here?" Mm -hmm. Some did, some didn't, and I can tell when they did, and I can tell when they didn't.
1: Yeah, you feel they care. Yeah, you can tell. Okay, well, we have, this is chock full, this episode. I was like, wow, it's coming from every direction, which is a well-written episode. Something's happening in every scene. So let's get going. We got a lot to get through. So the cold open, it's just a couple of people having sex in a stairwell. The
0: person who's being the voyeur uh, watching this is Mark's random friend, Gomi, Uh which is supposed to lead us into later on the agenda of Mark, which we'll get to. Yes. That's all I got. Gomi, he's a pervert, the end.
1: Yeah, that's all it was. Then we're at Bette's house. Tina shows up at the door and tells Bet she's going to stay in the guest room, which I didn't know they had a guest room. I was like, where was that on the set? <laughs> I just thought, wow. I was wondering when Tina left Joyce's last episode, where
0: is she going to go? I had really had no memory. And it's like, yeah, that girl g- is out of options. And then my second my second thought was, now that Bette and Tina are in the same environment, when the fuck is Beck going to realize that she's pregnant? Because we're getting into absurdity.
1: I cannot. Can I talk about this for like an hour? It is happily like I'll stretch. I'll go there with a show. You know what I mean? I can roll with it. But this is at this point. I'm like, this is this is ridiculous. But how much do we talk about it? I'm so glad to hear you say that because I
0: thought if I said this, you'd say, no, 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 I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm going with it. But I'm glad you feel this way. Anna and I were watching it together, and anytime you see Tina, there's something that's obscuring her belly. And it eh, is sort of, but yeah. Well, you know, she's in the bathtub and she has a thing, she's sitting at a table, like she's pretty much, you know, she's wearing a shot, whatever. Like there's a number of things in the episode. And we were talking, and you know what? I'd rather see I want to see the scenes from the where she gets up from the table and goes to bed. That's the scene I want to see, because I want to see how she's going to hide it. She would have grabbed a
1: shawl. I mean, that's how she's going out in public or a trench coat. Bullshit. It's total bullshit. bullshit. (laughs) But I did realize in everybody's performance in the cast, we all, you can tell back in the day, we're like, really? Bet still doesn't know. Like, you know that we thought it was ridiculous back then because everybody who's like, what do you mean you didn't know? Or, of course, she's pregnant or whoever had to deliver those lines. Well, there's a
0: line. Well, there's a line. Well, we're not there yet. I know, but everyone, when
1: everyone did it, I knew that we were all like, kind of like, this is. Eye rolling it
0: saying, all right, if we have to say this, we have to say it, but we don't know why. Silly. I'll get to the thing that really sort of. Okay. Made my eyes go into the back of my head, but we're not quite there yet.
1: So we're back in the shed. Gomi gives this security footage that he was so excited by. And Mark's like, I'm not into this. I have a whole new genius project that I'm about to launch. So we don't know what that is yet.
0: Yeah. And I think the conversation that Mark had with Jenny in episode four, that was the seed that planted this million dollar idea he had, which we're now unfortunately going to have to witness.
1: Right. Well, I'll talk about Mark in a minute because I have things to say. Okay.
0: And then we're walking down the street with Shane and Jenny and Shane is back in her cosplay lead singer of Green Day look. Mm -hmm. That shirt looks like a prehistoric bird took a shit all over her shirt. Mm -hmm. And Agreed. Jenny's looking like a million bucks. You know what it is with that haircut? I don't think that haircut is a hard haircut to give, but I think it's a hard haircut to carry. And Mia looks fucking outstanding. Phenomenal.
1: Phenomenal. Like
0: I love when she pops up on screen just to see how her hair looks with whatever outfit she's wearing.
1: Me too. I was really enjoying the haircut.
0: And she has this new burst of self-confidence.
1: Yeah. She's like, she got checked out by a girl. She's feeling great. And she's got you as like her new best friend.
0: We shot that on Melrose Place. No, I'm sorry. Not Melrose Place. We shot that on Melrose on one of our Los Angeles trips.
1: Yeah. Exterior weekends. Okay.
0: We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Rocket money. I use rocket money again last week.
1: How many? Are you okay? Okay. I don't know. I a get a lot these, of subscriptions you forget I know. about. You know
0: what it is? Because I get these apps and you have to pay for everything you get these days. And I think, all right, well, I'll use this for a
1: few days, but, and I'll cancel it. But I forget. And, and you, you forget have to have every your... week that you forgot last week. Yes. Thank God you have Rocket Money. Before I started using Rocket Money myself, I thought I had about like, I don't know, six subscriptions. No, Kate, I had like 15. 15? Yes, I was like, clear it, clear it, clear it, get rid of it. And Rocket Money is like, we have your back. Because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can start to grow your savings.
0: Plus Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features.
1: So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash pants. That's rocketmoney.com slash pants. Say it, Kate. That's rocketmoney.com slash pants. Then we're back at Bets. Tina's taking a bath. So another way to hide the, the belly. She's under, it's under the water.
0: <laughs> I mean, but I want to see the scene where she walks out of the bathroom with the robe going into the room. It's not going to happen. No, I know, but I want to see it.
1: But Tina's like, "Bet, I really want to talk to you about something. And Bets just enjoying the fact that Tina's in the bathtub and she's back and she feels like high as a kite from it. She's trying not to show it. She's like, great, let's talk later. By the way, why, why did it, Ben and Tina, they have to plan these conversations like tonight, like, and then they have to light candles and have open a bottle of wine and be like, now let's talk about this thing. They've been doing it since season one. Why can't Tina just be there in the bathtub right then and there and say, I don't know. I have to tell you something. I'm pregnant or sit down. I don't know. I guess. I, but you're right. Why
0: does it have to be a three act play? Just just share the info.
1: It's later tonight. I don't do that in my life. Do no. you do you plan conversations with Anna? No. Like if you had really big news, would you like hold it in and say, I need to tell you something later? Because then also the other person is like, no,
0: fuck spending their day saying, what the fuck do you think they want to talk to me about?
1: Well, with bet. Well, bet's
0: not. Well, bet's not taking it badly. What I got is bet is on her absolute best behavior, just trying to be everything that she thinks Tina wants her to be, but it's not authentic, as we'll see later on. And the thought of Tina wanting to talk to Bette means, oh, she's ready to give this another shot. So I don't think she's anticipating bad news. She's thinking, oh, cool, we're going to get back together. Wish has been granted.
1: Yes. But anybody saying I have to tell you something, whether you think it's good or bad, I want to know now. Like I won the lottery. We won the lottery. Anything that lead-in phrase is the kiss of death. Yes, because everyone's like, "Wait, what? What happened? What? what? Tell me now." That's that would be the follow-up line. Well, tell me now. Well, no, I, I want to tell you tonight over wine and candles. Yeah, Bet's trying to keep
0: the I... Bet's kind of trying to keep her extra under under check, so she l- makes Tina look like it's going to happen on your time, Tina.
1: Oh, I see. Ugh, okay, but
0: yeah, I okay. hear you.
1: All right, then we're back in. We're back in the shed mark turns the camera on himself
0: well mark is turning into david attenborough and he's treating lesbians like we're a fucking endangered species
1: yeah this is like mutual of omaha like special it's like okay call of the wild
0: it's weird because the character is so it's a testament to eric because the character is so he's creepy and in this like what he's doing is creepy, but there's some sort of ambiguity to it as well. Where you're like, "What the fuck is going on?"
1: Yet, or does he really believe he's making a documentary where he's going to show straight men what how lesbians live?
0: Yeah, but there's something about Eric where he's just so likable. Where I don't hate him
1: yet. I know mm-hmm. he
0: does. He's gonna. He's gonna. That's gonna change soon. But he's very personable.
1: Yeah, they cast it really well because. And I can't you see like the guys
0: coming into audition for that sure would be like playing that idea of oh well you know I'm like the yeah creepy lecherous David Attenborough of lesbians yeah who's just going to study them
1: right and they they kind of counteract the, the the script with things like no that's taking it too far me, or that's not that's not how I do I'm trying to do this like they're trying to make it like he's. He talks to the camera. He's like, yeah, I'll hit it soon. meaning mm-hmm. you guys like he'll end up sleeping with you. But right now I'm going to teach you how lesbians act in the world or how they have sex or how.
0: Right. Like I have boundaries. I have boundaries. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But I'm going to do this. It's a weird. It's, I don't know. It's a, it's strange. I remember he was um, a hot button topic when this season came out because everyone was appalled. Rightfully so.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. Whew. Okay, then we're at CAC. I have to talk about the doors. I know I've talked about it, but they drive me up a freaking wall. Those those sliding doors to Bet's office. I was just looking at her shoulders,
0: thinking Bet means business when she shows her shoulders.
1: No, I know she always does. But these doors—they're like flimsy. They feel like they're made of paper. It doesn't seem—it doesn't seem like an office. It feels like. Do you hear them slide? You're like, what? That's not a door. It sounds like an Ikea closet. But worse. Well,
0: Bet is saying to her assistant, James, look, I know we said we're going to find a place for Tina. Look for a place for Tina, but don't look for a place for Tina. Like, take your time, which is the most romantic. It's very romantic in the most manipulative way possible.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> help her, but don't help her. It's like entrapment. She's like, completely. I have her at my house. I'm going to keep her there somehow. Okay, back at Shane and Jenny's.
0: Did you understand his pitch? Because that's when Mark's there and he see, and Shane and Jenny come in and they got bre- breakfast
1: and Mark's like, hey, guys, I have this idea. What's his pitch? There were references that I know are some sort of documentarians, probably. Yeah, like Nick Broomfield and the Maisel Brothers, all that crap. But like, what was his pitch? That he wants to he wants to document. Can, oh, by the way, he's the $20. He's going to pay $20 for each interview. Made me laugh. That's right. He wants to document lesbians because for the, and he
0: even says, he's like, you know, for the little lonely les, so they don't feel as alone and blah, 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 blah. It's sort of a meta moment with the show. Have you realized that?
1: Yes, I have realized that.
0: The show loves meta moments.
1: Right. Like it was showing the world how lesbians live. Some lesbians, not all. Meanwhile, we're doing a show about how lesbians live. Yeah, I get it. I liked that your characters were like, I don't know, Mark, this is... But you still go go towards it. There's something about him you believe. I don't know. Because he's not an asshole about it. That's the thing. I know.
0: Yeah. If you stripped all that crap away from him, he'd actually be a pretty cool guy, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. But even Shane was like, oh, come on. He was like, lesbians, they don't fuck. And you're like, yeah, we do. That's ridiculous. Well, because he acts like he
0: just got off a spaceship. Mm-hmm. And he came from a planet with no females whatsoever. And he lands on Earth and he's like, women.
1: Women, hey, women? with women. What? I know. Is it really that like hard for straight men to figure out?
0: I don't know. But remember, this is 2005, so.
1: We should make a documentary on straight men and see if we yeah. can find anything out.
0: Well, maybe that was the point to sort of poke it. Yeah. At the, the straight men. To sort of, like, you know, it's sticking it to them as well. Like
1: they need a documentary to understand something.
0: No, I think the character itself is 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 sort of. Well, yes. Because every man on the show winds up being a douchebag for the most part. I
1: know. No man got out alive, really. No. Is there one
0: guy on the show that doesn't wind up being an asshole?
1: Mm-mm. Not not in the original show. No, I don't think so. But we have a long way right. to go. Who knows? Now we're shopping for dicks. Shopping for dicks with Alice. Dana and Tanya, because they need things for their gift bags. I think I worship her.
0: Tanya is the best character, I think, on the entire series. Why wasn't there a spinoff?
1: I don't know. I would watch the Tanya show. And she's so unhinged in the sex show. I know. <laughs> but it is, I, I feel like that is common. Like, I bet people do walk in and do things like that where, like, you know, the person behind <laughs> the, the counter is probably like, please leave. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're like, you have to make fun of everything because you're a little bit uncomfortable. You you know what I noticed?
0: You got a haircut. And I was wondering, did on a very subconscious level, did you and I decide to keep our hair length the same?
1: I came in with a pixie cut. It might have been like an inch longer, but I remember... Your
0: hair is a little shorter in this episode than it was last week.
1: Well, I ha- you have to cut it. So I probably...
0: Was home in L.A. I understand. But your hair now and my hair are pretty much the exact same length. Well, we know this happens. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Was this a subconscious thing? It had to be.
1: I don't know. All I know is I got got a pixie cut in the hiatus and then... I look cute. I liked it. That's. A, can I say what it is with pixie cuts? I feel like you get the first one and it's you're like, I'm psyched. I love it. Like, I thought it was really cute in the in not the pilot, in the first episode. Mm-hmm. But then in this episode, I'm like, oh, then you had to get the recut and it's never as cute as the first time. Yeah. And I remember being, feeling that way a lot when I had short hair. It's like you nailed it the first time. Why now? Why did you cut that little thing out? And now it's gone. Right.
0: But that's me. Yeah. I'd lopped all my hair off because my dad died and I thought, well, what do I do? Like Mm -hmm. drinking isn't fixing it. Smoking isn't fixing it. Nothing's fixing it. Why not chop my hair off? That's a logical. choice so i did
1: didn't you also have short hair in that show you did the american young americans
0: yeah yeah that was years and years though that was not that years and years it was maybe four years five years earlier. like you
1: had had short hair before is my point yeah yeah anyway moving on they're doing a whole thing they're trying to like pin the bisexual down like what do you like better Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't buy it and even dana's poking at alice like yeah what do you like better Meanwhile, she's getting married. It's she's very pokey with Alice. Like, well, the tension is
0: brimming to the surface.
1: I know, but she—it's like she wants her to like make the decision for her. Even in the last episode, Alice is like, "What do you want? What do you want?" I think just Dana's really confused. Yeah. Okay, so we're at, we're at Shane and Jenny's. I really like that Jenny's haircut
0: has given her such. Inner power and confidence. Yeah. I really like that. I do too. I like sexy sultry Jenny is coming out. The real Jenny.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, girl, own it. Definitely own it.
0: Now it's nighttime and Bet rolls in from work and Tina's sitting there with
1: fucking candles lit and a whole meal. It was the candles that set me off. I'm telling you, it's the only way they can communicate. It's almost like a seance at this point. And, you know,
0: and Bet, you know, comes in on her best behavior, but fucking Bet is her worst enemy. And just, you know.
1: And then she says it. And I'm like, really? The authentic self comes out and she just starts. Well, she's like, hold on. But first she's like, Tina, you're glowing. She did say that, didn't she? Yes, she said it. And I was like, oh boy. Thought, okay.
0: Please tell her you're pregnant, please. So
1: Tina's like, so listen, I wanted to. And then Bet launches in, like you were just saying, with. She can't help herself. Her bad day. And you see Tina and Tina's just sitting there.
0: And I, I, I kind of thought myself. Do you think Tina's sitting there thinking, God, you know what?
1: Like, at least at Joyce's, I didn't have to hear about fucking CAC. Like, that was kind of nice. Well, she's thinking, she's thinking, Bette never really asks about me or my life or... And all I hear about is the, is CAC and a Peabody. Or just Bet's life. But I think, isn't that a through line for the entire series? Which part? Well, I think it's why in the end they didn't make it. Because... Tina is sort of a like a shadow of herself in this relationship. She's yeah. She's not seen or heard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's indicated, isn't it?
1: Yes, it's definitely like now we know because Tina left and came back, and it's still the same. Right. You're like, uh oh. Now you're just signing up for it. If mm-hmm. you come back and you're you're responsible for this choice too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're at the planet. It's the next day. I don't know if this is that important, but basically I, I, Alice is there on her computer. She has nowhere else to go, but the planet. This what? Is the po- <laughs> but Bet and Tina are walking in together, but still has no idea she's pregnant. This is the point where Tina needs to show up in a fucking fur coat to hide her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I can't take it for the
0: love of Christ. I know, but
1: you have to you got to keep going because we're not there yet. Bet has no idea Tina's pregnant. They walk in together. Oh, and this is what when I said I was going to address this when we got to
0: it. Now I'm going to address it. So the way to solve that question was Tina says to because Alice is like, "Have you told her? You haven't told her. How could you not tell her?" And Tina says, "Bet doesn't always see things in front. That's right in front of her."
1: And I thought, yeah. "Yeah, I'm not buying that one either." But here's what here's what I said, which I laughed because I was like, "We all knew it was dumb even back in the day," because I was like, "What is she blind?" Yeah. Yeah. Like it's this is absurd. We know it. The characters knew it. And you think to yourself, how could Bet not know? I really was hoping Alice was going to blurt it out because it seems like something she
0: would do just so we could fucking get past it already. But Alice is super happy to see Bette and Tina together.
1: And I'm like, you have to tell her.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It's not like news. It's like a physical obvious physical thing it's like you don't even have to tell someone but bet for some reason still doesn't see it
0: then i guess but also alice is i i was looking at what alice was wearing and alice was ahead of the fashion trend with her pearl she had on pearls what did i do the pearls pearls are a thing right now i really rocked the pearls for a while yeah before pearls were a thing
1: i did well
0: amy schneider wears pearls on jeopardy ps
1: there was a guy on the i forget the team and he wore pearls Pearls are a thing. Good story, Grandma. Thanks. What's next? So, pl- uh, we're still at the planet. We're back in Kit's office. She's Kit's with the toe guy, and Bet walks in, and he's like, "Oh, you know, I'm changing Kit's life." And Kit's like, "Oh my God, my business is in the black now." And question, question here:
0: What's the fucking timeline between last week and this week? Because as far, but because not only is Benjamin Hawking his book to bet, but then. Kids like, oh, but you don't understand, Bet. My life has changed. My business has gone up whatever percent. I'm out of debt. I've paid off this. I've paid off that. Her world has shifted in a way. And
1: what's the timeline? It's a week, probably. And so where has Tina been living? It was that apple apple fritter just popped the fuck off. Wait, hold on
0: a second. If it's been a week, then where in the fuck has Tina been for a week? In her car? Dun dun dun. Good one, Kate. I don't know. Thank you. You're welcome. This is one of the points where like I was trying to work really hard to get my eyes to fall to like fall back to its natural place so I could see forward because they were in the back of my head.
1: Right. Because Tina in the last episode locked the door from Joyce and the next day would be at Bets', And meanwhile, Kit's life turned around. Good one. Good catch, detective. Thank you. I didn't catch that one. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I would buy Benjamin's book if I was
0: promised those those assurances in life.
1: I'm going to look on the internet after this is over and see if I can sign up for a weekend course. It's worth the money. Okay. Then we're back at Jenny and Shane's. I feel like it's easier to say Shane and Jenny than Jenny and Shane. Whatever works. If 11 benevolent elephants. Jenny and Shane, Shane and Jenny, Jenny and Shane. Red leather, yellow leather. Shane and Jenny, Shane and Jenny, Jenny and Shane. So Carmen's over there now. Her hair is like Farrah Fawcett feathered which I thought was interesting. She's growing out that haircut they gave her when she first got on the show. Mm -hmm. Carmen asked Jenny if she's okay. And she's making a mixtape for Tanya and Dana's wedding.
0: I'm glad to see Carmen gathering her power back in this.
1: Yeah, but like, what the hell's going on with you three? I don't get it. Agreed. And I was thinking about this
0: myself. And I think with Shane and Jenny being as close as they're becoming, it makes the circumstance messier because if Jenny was just some girl that Shane knew. Yeah, like an acquaintance. On a surface level, then Shane would feel, you know, a thing to say, oh, I want to win Carmen back. But because Jenny's interested in Shane and Jenny have really hit it off in a weird sort of
1: like. O- like overnight, like kids, Kit's business world. Yeah,
0: it's like they're twin flames or something. It was just like, yeah. boom, I get you. <laughs> um, it makes it more complicated because Shane doesn't want to ruin whatever sort of thing that's going on with her and Jenny. She wants to respect Jenny. It's, I think it's supposed to show Shane, Shane's selfishness, but at the same time, I agree it's a little unclear. But I don't mind the ambiguity at the moment because it's so new. And- Wait, are you
1: saying you think Shane is trying to be a good person in this? Like, oh... But you want to be with Carmen, but you're choosing to like step back because you you think they're interested. But you're still setting it up. You're like, oh, Carmen, you should ask Jenny out. And you guys, I'm like, why are you pushing? I know. Are you hearing me? I'm saying because they're
0: such good friends, it's making it messy. And if Jenny was just some random girl she knew, maybe she wouldn't. But because she respects Jenny, she likes Jenny and she knows what she did to Carmen is, is wrong. And even if she has regret, she's not going to infringe on the potential between those two. And it might be, and it's killing her inside, but it, you know, she's looking at Carmen being like, I regret what I did, but maybe I'm not right for you, but my friend is pretty awesome. You should go for it.
1: I see. I don't see it killing you. If I wish I saw that part because I just see you going like... Well, we're
0: not there yet. That's my point. We're
1: not there okay. yet. This is,
0: that's what I'm saying. I don't mind the ambiguity because it just is beginning.
1: All right. Hold that thought. We'll be back in a minute. All right. Then we're at the Paramount lot with your new boss, Veronica. And she wants you to get in the limo to take you to... A house.
0: She's saying she she wants, she has to go, pit, no, she has to pitch an idea. She wants to get the life rights to some person and this person. And she's really worried about how it's going to be perceived with a bunch of Hollywood people coming into this woman's home who's down and out, who has a really unfortunate story. And that's when Veronica looks at Shane and says, and that's where hair girl comes in. Cause there's Shane who looking like a, a ragamuffin saying, Oh, you can, you, you can get on her level. I need you. Because my assistant with his fancy outfit isn't going to do it. So but you can. So here now, you know, you've got that secret skill. I mean, we're still trying to figure out what that secret skill is, but
1: it, we we see an example of it at least. Later. Yeah, we see it at the house later. Yeah, I'll take it. At least it answers a question, right? Right, right. OK, here's the here's a big turn of events in the episode. Bet's all excited at the computer with James. I can't wait to see how much the Peabody Foundation has given us this year. They posted on the, the the web and Bet looks down and she's like, they haven't given us any money. That's burn number one. Burn number two. She scrolls down. What does she see? The headquarters for social justice, which is where Tina fronts the whole operation, I think. Uh, got a hundred thousand dollars from the Peabody Foundation, and this is where it gets super soapy. And I was really into it. I was, I was, I, I,
0: I, I thought, you know what? And uh, first of all, I'm really preoccupied. Anytime I see Tina, to wonder who the fuck knows Tina's pregnant. I, even if your character is considered an extra, I don't care. Do you know she's pregnant? And Bet is not a good loser. And Tina calls Bet because she sees that. Bet was not granted any sort of money. So Tina's like, fuck, I gotta call Bet. She calls Bet. And I'm like And Bet is a Woo!
1: See you next Tuesday. Bet isn't for everyone. I don't know what to say. Well, it's just she's not. She's a sore loser. It's she's basically like, How could you? And maybe I'll stop working and you can support me. And I was like, damn. Oh, give me a break. Come on. (laughs) So competitive. (laughs) I know. Competitive. Meanwhile, they're a couple or so she thinks or says.
0: There's something about losing gracefully. You learn more about yourself when you don't get what you want than when you do. And that didn't pass the test.
1: Well, also, it's another indication that she doesn't really care or put any thought into what matters to Tina or what Tina's up to. Meanwhile, she's running this, you know, foundation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for social justice and doing great things. She got rewarded for it and Bet takes it as a personal yep. slam. Yes, she does. Like you're out for me, you're out for blood, you're take, and it's like, no, I'm actually helping children and I'm helping society, <laughs> but okay. hmm Mm-hmm. She didn't handle it well. Horribly. So then we're back at the headquarters for social justice and- Everybody gets all excited because Helena Peabody is going to show up with a camera crew mm-hmm. to watch, you know, everyone except the the winnings or whatever you call it. I don't know what you call it. All right. Then we head over to Priscilla's house where you're showing up uh, with your boss, Veronica. And... I
0: like Shane getting the last minute pitch, getting the last minute bullet points for the pitch, as if it's all on Shane's shoulders to seal the deal. Yeah,
1: she's like, Go in, get 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 the rights to this story. Make her sign the life life rights away. And it works. Yeah, it works. You charmed her and apparently she's like, All right, here's my Russian mob story. You can have
0: it. Is that what she was? A Russian mob story? Is that what it was? She was a Russian mob. Was she I thought she was
1: a prostitute. She was a prostitute that had a run in with the Russian mob. Yeah. I mean, I didn't I haven't seen it. Have you have you and Veronica released the <laughs> the story on Netflix yet? Uh, I don't believe it's come out. I think it may have gone in turnaround and
0: then everyone forgot about it. Not my problem. <laughs> it got problem. shelved
1: apparently. So I, d- I don't know. But yeah, I know that you got the story. So, yes. go- so good on you, Shane. Hey. All right. We're back at the headquarters for social justice and the camera crew shows up and who walks in but Helena Peabody looking glamorous. And she catches Tina's eye. I have a lot to say. I might be jumping the gun here, but okay. She walks in. She's like, congratulations. It's, there's a lot of white savior energy in this scene. It's
0: like, oh, congratulations, Tina. What you wrote was beautiful. Oh, thank you, Helena. Thank you so much for the money.
1: Hmm. Hmm. But then there's sexual tension, like, and then she's like, well, I'd love to take you out for dinner. And, and then bet. Ends up calling when Helena's there. This is all the soapy stuff I loved. And Tina is like, excuse me, it's my ex. And Helena's, oh, I've been there. Don't worry. But here's the thing. Helena knows that Tina's Bet's ex for sure. How? Because. What do you think this is like circumstance? I think Helena for sure gave Tina the money over Bet. Because she wants to get in Tina's pants.
0: But she doesn't know who the fuck Tina is. I think it would more to be. How t- do
1: you not know? No, you look people up. You're like, oh, no, who's your I don't partner? think that. I think She's if anything,
0: les- she was doing it to spite <gasps> that, not Tina. I don't think she could, I think Tina was like, oh, you're actually are really pretty and I'm attracted to you. I think it was more. So to-
1: you think when her ex called who was bet and the and the woman comes over and says, I'm so sorry, Bet's on the line. You don't think Helen was like, yeah, I know. I know exactly who's on the
0: line. I don't read that too deep into it. Like I said, I'm preoccupied with who the fuck knows mm. Tina is pregnant. But I do think that if that is the case, that's a good point, though, Leisha. I like that. And if that is the case, I don't think the intention was to screw to to get into Tina's pants. I think it was to fuck over Beth. I don't think she was interested in Tina. I think.
1: Well, it's a, then it's a double. I think it's both because I think that's what the character is supposed to be.
0: Tina, uh, what's her name? Helena has mommy issues and I'm sure she's had to hear her mom wax on and on about Bette Porter and CAC and all of these things. And I'm sure Helena is like, oh, and I'm in charge. Bette Porter can take a seat and I'm going to take over and revamp this whole thing. And then I'm sure she resented Bette coming into her home But then she's
1: like, but then Tina could take a seat on my face.
0: Well, she realizes that when they meet. But I don't think that was the initial idea. I think she was just trying to get under bed skin.
1: I see both. But anyway, there it was. I loved it. I was like soap opera all day long. Here we go. Here's the money scene. Dana and Alice are putting together the gift bags that will be... Now, time out. Are the gift
0: bags for a bachelorette party?
1: Yes, which you see later. Now, question.
0: When you're getting married and it's your bachelorette party... Is it your responsibility to make the gift bags? Is that a thing? Or do your friends do it for you? Good point. Isn't that what Alice would have been? I don't know. All I know is that I loved that Erin was using her scissors to make the curly cues on the, on, the, on the ribbons,
1: you know? Oh, yeah. Where you pull it and it goes. Rrr. Yeah. My mom did that. When I was
0: little, my mom taught me how to do that. And I thought
1: it was the neatest thing. Yeah. It's like a magic trick. Yeah. Yes. And also, they definitely didn't get big dildos. They must have gone for the lollipops because the bags are pretty small.
0: I'm glad to see that you guys are done ta- like trying to avoid each other. I was really and, and avoiding topics, and then you can just be honest and it was getting old for you. Alice really fucking goes for it. She can't control herself.
1: Well, I you know, and this is what we talked to Burr about. Like it was obviously written. It's not like we came up with all this, but. You know, there's only so much. There's only, you can only hold on for so long. Mm -hmm. It's like Amy on Jeopardy. She can't hold that champion place Mm. for the rest of her life, right? Everything breaks. There it is. We broke and we just start having sex.
0: It's one of the best music cues, if not the best music cue of the entire show. And to my luck, the moment, the music cue kicks in and the sex scene gets more and more elaborate. That's I'm getting my gutters replaced and they were on the patio and from the patio, you can see the TV. So right when that sex scene was like at its peak is when the guy with the gutter came in. We've heard so many stories throughout the years of people saying, oh, I used to love watching the show. I used to like hide it from my parents and like press pause. Uh I I understand now because I was
1: like, oh, fuck, look at the gutter guy.
0: Look what he's doing.
1: You know, he was like hanging a gutter and peeking over. But I can relate now to that feeling. Oh, I see. You felt like a teenager. I
0: felt like an audience member of the original show who used to watch this series in secret. That's
1: adorable. And pausing it. What was your gutter guy's name? I don't remember. Mm.
0: Can I just add into that in yes. every other scene that we've seen for Dana, the sex has always been super awkward for her, and this was the first one that she had like confidence in the sex. Oh, uh, that's yeah. yeah, that was great. so true.
1: On well, when note, it's have right and Alice right. have
0: a sex scene. That's normal. Normal. What do you mean by mm, normal? No, just with I don't mean the normal, Lisa. but like you know, you we've you, just seen you with Lisa, and that yeah, wasn't I think so, really. Yeah.
1: That was not emotional or. There was no, there's no umph behind it. Right. But isn't that life? I mean, the same thing when you find someone who's right, like everything fits like a puzzle piece.
0: Oh, and then we saw you with Gabby, which also is, it's nice to see you both Happy. with your equal. Thank you. But good call, Melissa. I didn't think that, but you're 100% right. Then we take a Debbie the Downer transition. And that's when we got into Shane in the house with this woman, Priscilla. This is like the money scene where... We see Shane's proudness with, you know, authenticity. Okay, great. And then Veronica's psyched. And I'd love to know who Priscilla's lawyer is because she got a contract very quickly.
1: It was probably you. You probably have that secret skill too. Who knows? I'm not a
0: lawyer. I'm not an entertainment lawyer. Anyway, win for Shane. They're in the limo at the end. I don't know what to say about it.
1: I I need to talk a little bit more about Helena and Tina.
0: Well, great, because that's the scene that comes afterward.
1: Now, this is this is what I'm saying, why I think her intentions were already pre-planned. Like if she was, if this was a court case against Helena and she was up on the stand, I would be like, this was premeditated. This was all planned because she comes in and is very like a little swarmy with, with Tina. She's like, oh, I think, you know, that's sexy that you're pregnant and we have a lot in common and... By the way, all of a sudden, there's with the dinner invite. He was like, "Why don't you come to?" I have to go to this bachelorette party. Like she's like, they're basically they're both into it. <laughs> it's going way too fast. First of all, and then Bet rolls in. That's what I mean.
0: Yeah, she does with flowers. With flowers to apologize, and there's Helena. The jig is up. Bet's karma is coming at her hard and fast, and.
1: Yes, Helena. But then Helena comes in and she's like, "I'm pretty sure Tina doesn't think you're together." Like, I'm. What is happening? I think she.
0: Her, I think she resents Bet. There's something about Bet Helena does not like, and clearly Bet does not like Helena.
1: But uh, I think. But that she's sticking up for Tina. Helena comes into their private conversation in the office, and it's like,
0: Yeah, of course she's sticking up for Tina. She's not going to stick up for Bet. She wants to stick it to her.
1: No, but like, my God, if I just met someone that day and she walked into the office. And the biggest part of that scene is that
0: Helena reveals that Tina's pregnant, which, thank Christ, somebody had to. And she did the Lord's. She did the Lord's work because I couldn't take it. And And the
1: shock on Bette's face. Boom. And that she heard it from Helena.
0: finds out her girlfriend, her ex-wife is pregnant. And she finds out from Helena, who her new nemesis.
1: That's the thing. Yeah. But then Tina sort of like sides with Helena. It's just for me, it's quick. It's quick.
0: It's odd. Listen, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. It's, it's quick. It's odd. I hear you.
1: But there it is. Everybody knows she's pregnant. Thank Christ. Oh God. Can we move on from this hiding now? Now she could take the Moomoo's off. Do you think
0: Laurel was excited to lose the Moomoo's?
1: Probably. If that was my costume all the time, yeah, I'd be bummed. I hear you, me too. Okay, we're back at Dana's. The door's opening. Here's my new other other new favorite character. Tanya's mom. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> Tanya's mother. Where's that spinoff? I want the Tanya and Dottie show. Anyway, they come in. They've been shopping all day. Da da da. And you look over. They pan the camera, so you think like, uh oh, they're about to see us naked. Mm hmm. And. There we are just sitting next to the gift bags. Alice
0: and Dana got dressed and cleaned up really quickly cuz you guys had a whole thing in the kitchen with strawberries and whipped cream. You your your clothes were all over the place, you ruined bags from laying on them. Sure. It was like superhuman. It was Superman speed.
1: That's what you do when you don't want to get caught. You're quick. You've had that. Shane's had those where you get dressed all of a sudden and run out. Remember when we were with Sherry Jaffe's? and like like we're really fat Like time doesn't exist on the L word, even in these cases, like you can get dressed and together and you're good to go.
0: Your survival instincts kick in.
1: Okay. So then we're at Shane and Jenny's and I hate to say it. We have to go into one of Jenny's. Look, it's not an episode without a writing fantasy. And let's,
0: let's not, let's not dive into it. Basically, she names it monstrosity and the fantasy is she's at some carnival and everyone she looks at has a pig face. The end. (laughs) What it means I don't know. I don't care what it means. I'm just telling you what
1: happened. Like, that's it. Do we want to get into it? No, I don't. Great. All right, moving on. Okay. Bet's at the door. Bet knocks on the door. Where's Shane? You're not there. So Jenny is now like the confidant. She's like, Bet, you didn't know. That's the other delivery I loved. A fuck. Bet is operating at a hundred.
0: Yeah. Because now she's like, who fucking knew she was pregnant? Mm -hmm. Who knew? (laughs) The whole world. Did you know? And Jenny's like, yeah, I knew. And I'm thinking, when did Jenny know? Secondly, when did Shane know? And Bet's like, I just feel like one colossal joke. I mean, this girl, like, I can only imagine how Bet would be feeling at the moment. Like, how alone that must be.
1: But I have to give it to Bet. She's right. Think of other people other than yourself. And you might see a six-month pregnant woman standing in front of you.
0: And sitting at your dining room table. And sitting in your bathtub.
1: I mean, that's, I guess, how wrapped up Bet's supposed to be. hmm And bathing in your bathtub. Not yours. It's theirs, by the way. It's all theirs. And all the while they
0: have this conversation, Jenny's always sort of like the calming force to to Bet. And she goes, she doesn't hate you. And I thought, how would you know, Jenny? Like, when are you around him?
1: The best part of the, the scene for me was uh, Bet had another, I'm going to call like pregnancy lapse here. Mm. And she goes, you cut your hair at the end of the scene. <laughs> I'm like, what is <laughs> Good, why yeah. do you not see anything that's so obvious? Jenny had really long hair the last time Bet saw it. They have a whole conversation and then she acts like, Oh my god, I just noticed. Your hair's short. Bet's seeing red, so she's not Bet's not seeing anything. Yeah. Well, all, while all this is going on, we
0: fade over to the shed where Mark is, and we learn that he has put a video camera up inside the house and it's like Big brother he's just this is where you lose me mark videotaping and he's essentially spying on the house it's so disgusting and we learn that he then and just and just to and just to get to it so we don't have to address it later he starts minimally with just the living room and maybe the kitchen and then he's like I put him in the bedrooms but the bathrooms are off limits but
1: yeah and that's know. that boundary like like that's supposed to make him a good guy like that's where I draw the line go me no bathrooms.
0: It's such a weird character. It's so, it's such an odd,
1: odd role. It's so gross. And you lost me at like ruining everybody's privacy. Can you imagine in real life? Can you just imagine? No, but like, he's not a hateful person. And this is where
0: I'm like, what an interesting and odd, not saying it's an amazing character, but it's ambiguous and weird and kind of like, I can't put my finger on it. And that makes me sort of interested and curious because I don't get it. I'm I'm out. I'm out. Not, but I don't condone what he did, what he's doing. He's an asshole.
1: Okay. Then we're at the planet. Here's the big bachelorette party. There's like strippers and. Well, Dana's mom and Tanya's mom are sitting
0: next to each other and Tanya's mom is having the time of her life putting dollars in into into go-go dancers and Dana's mom is still like you know repressing her sexuality and
1: she's still dressed in the same outfit she had on at the Republican yeah
0: at the country club when Dana came out to her she's never also
1: wearing pearls by the way I guess she's had Sharon's had a big turnaround with Dana's coming out she's I, you know, I think it happens with parents. I think she's like this. I love my daughter. And this is. Yeah. What makes her suddenly decide to get up and give a speech? I like it.
0: Do you think Sharon's looking around at Tanya's mom and Tanya's mom is having the time of her life with no problem
1: and everyone else is enjoying themselves and she finally. Of course you do. Of course you do look around and see all that. You're like, oh, it's wrong with me. Where is Dana's
0: dad? I don't know. Oh, it's a bachelorette party, so you're not going to have guys there. Oh, there you go. Good one. This is, I guess this is, I guess I'm 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 revealing that I've never been to a bachelorette party, so I wouldn't know these things.
1: That's okay. You're not going to go to one with me, probably. Why would I go to one with you? I shouldn't say that. I don't know if I ever get married. If I get married. I wouldn't. Well, no. I don't know.
0: Would you? I got married.
1: I didn't have one of those. I know. It seems... It doesn't seem fun to me. I don't think so. No, nope. no, nope. not gonna go to mine. Okay, so next up, Alice comes in. She's really she's already visibly hurt that she has to be there.
0: Poor little Alice with her nineteen with her nineteen thirties hair wave.
1: Poor little Alice with those ugh, that hair. Can I tell you, like, in all these years, that's the one I'm like, what? The fuck what was? with the hair wave? Why did why did I do that that day? I guess I was just trying to be like party hair. You're being festive. I liked it. Yeah, festive. I did not think you look bad. You did. We took a lot of pictures on set that day. They're in Jennifer's book. Mm-hmm. I did not
0: think you look bad.
1: I think you're just maybe taken aback by your hair being so short. No, I'm not going to say it looked bad.
0: I just thought like that's a really big choice. Yeah, but I think you're more taken aback that your hair is short.
1: It's just when you slick it and you pin curl it, it gets. Sh- it's just like really, it's like Lego hair when you like snap it on. Okay. Yeah, it is a little
0: Lego-ish, but it's all right. I thought it was sweet. You wear it once. Who gives a shit? Like,
1: yeah, it was a one-time thing. So, what's gonna happen at this party? We gotta let to get through here. Okay, go. Um, Well,
0: for one, (laughs) once Alice walks into the planet, she sees Dana and Tanya dancing. I don't know. They're doing something, and Shane clocks it and pulls Alice aside. And Shane, being Shane and knowing all, she can read between the lines and see that something's happened between you two. And at least you have a little... A, it's like you're the all-knowing. At least, you know, you have a person to sort of, you know, release that with, you know? It's hard to keep that a secret.
1: Admit it all, too. Uh-huh. I feel like we had those in real life, too. We did. And that's a perfect yeah. scene
0: to sort of symbolize the the Shane, the Shane character because she's not judging Alice for... Oh, you don't judge. Shane doesn't judge. No, I know. But that scene is a perfect example of of, of that character's... One of her main characteristics is... Yeah. Like, I'm there for you. Don't. Even if you feel like you've done something really shitty and you feel bad about yourself.
1: Then Bet and Jenny walk in looking fabulous. Well, no,
0: no. Then we see Carmen DJing, which is like the world's greatest thing ever. Carmen and her one woman DJ show. hmm. And that's where. And then Jenny shows up with Bet. Shane is convincing Jenny to go buy Carmen a drink.
1: I know this is I still go like, what are you Shane? What are you doing? It's weird. And they do a quick cut of Carmen
0: and Carmen's reaction, catching the two of us talking clearly about her. And I thought.
1: If anyone has an agenda and is playing a really good long game, it's Carmen. Oh, uh, yeah, I think she is playing long game, but I do think she's slightly interested in Jenny, but not really. She's really in love with you. I think she likes Jenny. I mean, what's not
0: what's not to like about Jenny? She's been perfectly sweet and shy and 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 you know.
1: And then we go into basically like two of the same scene in a row where I Alice gets up and gives a speech that's super sad, saying, like, Tanya, you're the luckiest woman alive. Congratulations, Dana. You see Dana's heartbreak, you see Alice's heartbreak. Then it's back to the party. And next thing you know, Bet's getting on stage giving a similar speech. Well, I like Alice's speech. That was, you nailed it. I thought it was great. Well, thanks. I mean, yeah, you're like, well, I have to accept that I'm losing my friend.
0: Yeah, but you're just brokenhearted and you're just trying to, uh,
1: well, also you got pulled up there against your own. Yeah, but Bet chooses to make a speech. She gets up and is like, Tina and Helena show up together. Which, what the hell, Tina? Which is so poor taste. You don't know this girl, and then, and then Helen is like, "Oh, I brought presents here, just a little something we scounged up." Tina and I brought presents. Yes, and like, the we and the. Pre- I'm like, don't. She's worse than who would who dated Jenny? Robin. Robin. She's worse than Robin. Like, what's wrong with these lesbians?
0: I just don't think that's Tina's character. I don't think that's Tina's character, unless we're trying. Um- she would never. Unless they're trying to show that Tina, it's one thing I will say for Tina is that it's nice to see someone actually being nice to her without wanting something
1: so outwardly. But you don't take her to your best friend's bachelorette party. Well,
0: that's where the worm turns and I am like, you lost me. Why is she with you? But yes. And that's out of character for Tina. Like Tina has boundaries. She's been showing that since we saw her second season. Like the girl has boundaries that she will not allow anyone to cross.
1: But and if she does it in front of Bet, she's like, we brought you this. And then Bet's like, my God, those presents. And well,
0: Helen is fucking loving it. She's like, oh, Bet, hi. Yeah. yeah." You know, it's Tina.
1: Helena loves getting her riled up. But, Tina, why would you do that? And she's really looking at Bet like, you have to accept this about me right now. I'm seeing this woman. I'm like, you just met her today. Meanwhile, they met four hours ago. Yeah, Did they go shot? I mean, if if Helena said that to me, we walked in together. I just met her. And I'm like, come to me. Come with me to my best friend's party. And she was like, Leisha and I bought these gifts for, I'd I'd look, I'd give her the biggest look like, what the fuck are you talking about, lady? We didn't do anything.
0: If I met Helena four hours before I had to go to a bachelorette party and all my friends were there, my friends wouldn't know Helena. Exactly. (laughs) Because I'd never invite her. You know what? If I forgot. I'd say, give me your number. And maybe we'll get together later, next week.
1: If I forgot to get gifts and then she was like, we got this, I'd be like, we sure did. We sure did. Well,
0: Tina's sort of now like in this, like they're,
1: uh, Tina's, like they're putting
0: Tina in this place of being a damsel in distress and Helen is coming in to save her with her money and her affluence and we're going to keep the big bad bed away
1: exactly and she's just getting a same prototype of a person and i'm like yeah tina doesn't need saving she's been doing pretty well on her own like a powerful woman who's going to
0: yeah with a with, with a much worse agenda of course like at the end of the day like bet really loves tina she's just fucked up in how she shows it with helena it's like ah oh, you got an agenda girl thank
1: you and she's had it the whole time kate i know you don't think she has but i think she googled bet
0: I think she had it the whole time to get after Bet. You think that she's coming after Tina. I think she's doing it to like stick it to Bet And stick it to Tina just in a different way. Point is we can agree to disagree and the and the motive is still exactly the same.
1: Exactly. So we end this lovely episode with Shane bringing a girl home. I guess she met her at the party. I don't know. Maybe you went to a bar afterwards. Who cares? And you're having sex with her. I don't know. And guess who's watching? Does it matter?
0: I mean, listen, it's like that's classic. It's classic Shane. I mean, Shane's, you know, fuck the pain away. Totally. But guess who's watching you? Because she can't get out just because she can't go to. She can't say how she really feels because she's like, you know what? I missed my shot with that one. So I'm just going to try to put it out of my mind and fuck whoever that person is. And who's watching is Mark. Gross me out. And again, he doesn't. What he's doing is creepy. But the way but how he's playing it isn't creepy. It's a, It's weird. It's It's. it's just it's, it's. such a weird... So he's like a
1: sociopath. Yeah, he's a sociopath. That's exactly what. Thank you. Well, I'm no doctor, but that's my diagnosis. What do you think, Melissa? Do you think Mark's a sociopath?
0: Yes, and I think he watches like animals in the wild. Like, yeah, it's like the same type of thing going on. and It's weird. He thinks he's really just observing and doing humankind like a solid and teaching about lesbians and it's just like no you're just being a, he's a sociopath you nailed it that's exactly thank you that's exactly what he is and that's why he's so hard to pin down because sociopaths are sneaky they're you know they're 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 they're, they're slippery yeah
1: Whew, labyrinth it was a good title because that's how the episode felt shit i was like i this is i did too I was entertained front to back. I really liked it. I
0: really like it. I was really excited.
1: And I feel like everyone got like really like equal airtime where it was like you really got to go like into Shane's world and then you got to know Alice's. Like you felt like it just felt like a real ensemble piece.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I'm noticing that how well like something the writers uh, on the series were really good at is, is like you just said, balancing that time. So mm-hmm. nothing feels rushed or unfinished or just surface level to say they did it when they really, you know, didn't make it a priority. Like you just
1: said, it's 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 a hard thing to do. I can't imagine. Yeah. With eight characters. I mean, you kind of have to give it to him. You're like, I understand th- why you missed that. I mean, granted,
0: like, you know, the timelines are a mess, but at least like these cha- each character is their lives. But at least each character, it's like we're getting into their into their world. So there it was. Because how many people are on this show now? I you mean in total? I have no idea. There's time for even fucking Gomi to be in the teaser. I mean that says something. Who gives a shit about Gomi? Nobody. But they managed to do it, and it helps. Like
1: it helps just sort of like plant seeds. Anyway, like it's it's not
0: it's not an easy thing to do.
1: It's not. And I forgot to say the original air date of Labyrinth episode five was March twentieth, two thousand five. Was that during the era we had scooters? No, we weren't there. No, 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 no. I just think it's cute. You like to give the air date. I do like it. It makes me just, I can feel that. And you say, and you've said, I like to
0: give the air date because it puts you in a place of when that aired.
1: Yeah, but I can't give you specifics of like what I was doing in March. And I'm thinking, do you remember, like, does that trigger some memory to you where
0: you think, oh, right. I was doing that on that time.
1: I do know that like where I lived and who I was with and probably what I was doing. Sure. It's. I mean, I don't think it's anything exciting to share, but it's. Yeah, there it was. Two thousand five. That was a
0: long time ago.
1: Well, let's not go there because that's that can get sad. Why? It's fine. It's whatever. But it was a long time ago. Centuries. It feels like. Well, everybody, that was episode wow. five. We have. Were we doing ten episodes or twelve at this point? Uh, I think maybe we were still on the twelve. Okay, so we have a we have a while to go. So it's 13 episodes and six six seasons to do it was kind of the formula. All right. We have a way to go. That was episode five. Thank you for listening to another episode of Pants. Well, are going to see you next week. Do you have anything to say to everybody? You want to say goodbye? I love you guys. We're going to see you next week. Yeah. Love you guys. I can say that. We, we can say we love you. We're going to see you next week. See you next week, everybody. Bye, everybody.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by myself, Kate Manig, and Nisha Haley. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow Pants on Instagram, at The Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS and graphics are by Love Fox.